Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. I want us to look at a very, one of my recently, one of my recently favorite scriptures in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And I want us to look at, uh, in terms of, you know, you're thinking X factor, what's the X factor? The X factor of your life, the multiplier factor of your life. Uh, in mathematics, we use X for multiplication for those who passed math. And uh, <laughs> with, I think that God, through his word, gives us a clue as to how our lives can be a thousand times more significant than your life is right now. And that's discipleship. That discipleship is the multiplier factor. And I want to use these few minutes left of my crusade session to share with you <laughs> warning. Verse 1, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That's how Paul launches uh, this, uh, what would I call it? Salvo of revelation. Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You therefore, now, let's get some facts clear. One, Timothy wasn't Paul's son by blood. Okay? Timothy's dad was Greek. Timothy came from a city called Lystra. That's where Paul found him. And uh, he had believed, most likely through his mom, because Paul later writes to him and says that, uh, pay attention to the gifts that I knew because of the grace that you received. Uh, the faith which dwelt in your mother and in your grandmother, Lois. So at least we even know Timothy's grandmother's name. Was, she was called Lois. So, we get to understand that he's not talking about Timothy as a son by blood, but rather a son through discipleship. So, he calls him his son, okay? I know sometimes when you hear language like, this is my father in the Lord, you're like, eh, father in the who? Uh, it's right here. So he calls him his son. In fact, in another scripture, let me see where is that other scripture of mine. In another scripture, in 1 Corinthians 4, from about verse 14, 1 Corinthians 4, 14, I'm going to tell you some more interesting things about this verse, but let me first establish the issue of sonship. It says, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children... I warn you, that's Paul writing to the Corinthians. I just nearly called them the Corinthians. I don't know what the Nairobians did to my uh, verbiage. As my beloved children, he calls them beloved children. Every time you see the sense of child, there is a sense of parentage. Now, 
Paul hadn't done a survey in Corinth to find out, first of all, that everyone was at least 20 years below his current age to call them his children. This included people that were older than him. But because he had ministered to them and nursed them and brought them to a certain place of knowing Christ, he had sort of the language that at that time in that understanding, there was nothing controversial about calling them his children. Give me verse 15. Verse 15. It says, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, I think today that would read, Though you might have 10,000 preachers on YouTube, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Are you seeing the language of father, children, father, child, father, child? Of course, we know that our father, our true spiritual father is God. The Bible says in Hebrews that he's the father of spirits. Bible teaches in John 3, 6 that that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So the father of your spirit is God in heaven. Amen. But God in his mercy, because he knows that he's invisible, immortal, God only wise, in light, inaccessible, hid from our eyes, most blessed, most glorious, the ancient of days, because he knows that you have no way of actually like Quoting him as a father. He gives you, that's why Paul says, you do not have many fathers. In others, you have some fathers. God gives you a few fathers in this life to show you his fatherhood. Hey, I feel like I'm preaching better than you're listening. God is in the business of fatherhood. The devil is in the business of orphanhood. The devil's number one strategy is to make the whole of planet Earth one giant orphanage. So he separates children from their fathers, both natural and other others that God brings your way. So Paul says, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus have begotten thee through the gospel. Come on, people. I'm going to come back to that point, especially if someone reminds me. Now, next verse 16 and 17 is very instructive. He says, therefore, I urge you, imitate me, because I'm your father, imitate me. And then he says, for this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in the church. Pastor Blesso, come quickly. Because this is, this, if, this can pass you by if you don't see it. Yeah. Pastor Solomon, also come. Let's try and see how to demonstrate this. Okay? So let's say you are the Corinthians. Come closer. Hmm? And I'm telling you, come closer. There is good. It's, I'm telling you, you don't have many fathers. fathers. 
So I'm telling you, imitate me. What does imitate mean? In, copy what I'm doing. The way I brush is the way you should brush. The way I talk is the way you should talk. The way I stand is the way you should stand. The way I drive is the way you should drive. The way, the way I teach is the way you should teach. The way I give is the way you should give. The way I forgive is the way you should forgive. And then say, imitate me. In other words, copy everything I do. But then he, he throws in a, a, a thing there. He says, for this reason, I have sent you Timothy, my, my beloved son. And he says, my son in the Lord. Because Paul didn't have a wife as far as we know and didn't have natural children. But he had many children in the Lord. And he says, he will remind you of my ways in Christ. In other words, to copy me, you just have to look at him. If you do what he's doing, you will be doing what I would have been doing if I was there with you. Come on. Yeah, that's discipleship. You can sit, have your seats briefly. Discipleship is not you trying to figure out it's the best method of anything. No, no, no. Whoever your discipler is, they are God's gift of grace to you. Because God, you can't see him. Even if you say you're following Jesus, even Jesus, you can't see him. You'll even say, okay, it's the Holy Spirit. Even the Holy Spirit, you can't see him. But God gives you fathers and mothers in the Lord to be the people that you can imitate as they imitate Christ. And even those people who you are imitating as they imitate Christ, they are also imitating someone else who is also imitating someone else who is imitating Christ. That's how it works. So he says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now I'm about, uh, let me first tell you like two or three things, then I'm going to tell you a thing. So let me first finish with this father-son thing. Because it's critically important. Why does God give you fathers? And in our dispensation, mothers. It's for purposes of inheritance. Because Timothy's dad, as far as we know, wasn't a believer. It was the mother who was a believer. Okay? And in that time, the society was still very patriarchal, so it had to really be a father. Now, you find that if Timothy had stayed home in Lystra, we would never have heard about him. If he had only stayed with his natural father, please pick this wisdom. This, this is going to change your life forever. There are things that are not there at your home where you come from. There are certain inheritances that don't exist where you come from. Whereby, if you were to inherit what is at your home where you come from, you wouldn't be amount to much in life for most of you. So God takes you out of your natural. He doesn't remove you from your natural family. 
You know, if you ever join a faith community where they say, remove your dad's phone number and mother, that's a cult. He doesn't necessarily yank you out, but he draws you into another place where there is the relevant inheritance corresponds to the purpose for which you are created and to your calling. So Timothy, there was nothing in Lystra. He could only find purpose if, if he went with this other father that the Lord had sent him, called Paul. That's why today, 2,000 years later, you're reading about Timothy as if he's alive. David was a shepherd. Just say his dad had sheep. There was no lineage of royalty in his family. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Mike Brin writes a very good book called Covenant and Kingdom, where he, he shows that our relationship with God is on both sides of the coin of both covenant as God's beloved and kingdom as those who are sent to impact kingdom. And you find that when the Bible says that in Matthew 1, 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, is that Christ is inheriting both covenant and kingdom through those two linkages. Because in Abraham, he has covenant. Abraham was a friend of God, but he wasn't a king. In David, he has kingdom. And in Christ, we have both covenant and kingdom. But David's dad, Jesse, was a shepherd. There was, he wasn't a king. How was he going to become a king? He had to be removed from home. And he went and served another man called Saul, who was a king. And he became a son to Saul. Such that even when Saul was hunting him down, every time they met, he would, he would cry out and say, my father, my father. And Saul would weep and say, is that you, my son, David? And then they would embrace and they would go different ways. Meanwhile, they are supposed to be killing each other. David needed the gift of Saul as a father to usher him into his calling of being a king. Now you notice that Solomon didn't need to go anywhere to become a king. Because it was there at home. He got it from home. Elisha was a businessman who had 11 oxen of, yoke of oxen. Was it 11, 12, 12? And when the man of God, Elijah, threw his mantle on him, he had to go and say bye to the people at home and they had so much beef and he left and followed Elijah. that's the only way Elisha could become a prophet because where he came from at home he was the son of Shaphat Shaphat wasn't a prophet so he could not walk into the inheritance of prophecy if he had not left home to follow Elijah, we would never have heard about him. If David had not left home to follow Saul, we would never have heard about him. If Timothy had not left home to follow Paul, we would never have heard about him. Who are you supposed to be following? Who you up to now refuse to follow? 
the result of which is that 100 years from now, you'll, no one will know you existed. Am I making sense? You see, where you come from is very great, but it is not that great. <laughs> Let's just be real. Yeah. Yeah, we all love our lineages and where we come from, but God knows there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah. Jesus says in Mark 1, 17, follow me and I will make you become. God knows that for you to fulfill the global purpose for which he created you, you must get out of that house. Follow a man, follow a woman that is already on, on pilgrimage with God who will make you become what you could never be. So you either stay home and remain a fish of fish, what you always knew how to do, or follow someone else and become a fisher of men, what you never thought could happen in your family. Hey. You some of you, where you come from, there are not very many good musicians. But you come and follow a man like Minster Tia, and, and you become a musical um, maestro. That's because you followed. Meanwhile, where you come from, there is no instrument. There is nothing. The only instrument they play at your home where you come from is hand claps. (laughs) 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 Ah, I'm preaching better than you're listening. Follow me and I'll make you become. You see, I come from a lineage of faith. My grandfather was a reverend canon. Pastor Ari's grandfather was a bishop. We had a bishop in our family. We, we have grown up with a religious heritage. But no one in our family ever planted a thousand churches. So good as it was, if God called me to plant a thousand churches, I had to find another man who has already planted a thousand churches to follow. I can't keep referencing the past when there is a great future. If you're stuck at home and not willing to follow men and women that God brings your way, forget significance. You will die a safe death and be forgotten not long after. And I think that's foolishness. Especially when God has made provision for greatness. Amen. Some of you, God has called you to business. But where you come from, the biggest business they ever ran was sell a few bunches of matoke once a year. But you're trying to be a billionaire business person. It can't work. Find someone. Find someone. That's why we have business garage here. So that you identify people to follow. It's not a show. After all the comments on YouTube and what? Facebook and Twitter. Follow. Find the people's phone numbers. Be on their case. 
I remember when Mukwano died, Patrick Pitatue posting how he had been his mentor. And it, I, I was like, okay, makes sense. Makes sense. He even paid for him to go to business school. You, you think people just show up and they become. No, the people have been following people quietly. And they are becoming. And you, you're bitter because you're not making progress. You there for my son. You there for my son. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Ah. God is calling people here to follow. Yeah. You see, this church family, worship service, is a gift to me, to you, to all of us. Because where we come from, they don't have things like this. <laughs> they have some good things, but not like this. And where we are going, what we have, we have never seen. So God sends us people like Bishop Doug Edward Mills, who have planted 3,500 churches in 67 countries, and says, follow this man if you want to become anything significant. Just yesterday, I listened to two, two sermons by Bishop Doug, and they are not short. Two. In one day. I mean, I listened to about four hours of content. You can't become when you are just a reluctant follower. Reluctant following will rob you of your destiny. You become a hard follower. Hard, hard, hard. This time last year we had only 3,000 people attending garage. Now we have 18,000. That's hard following. We had only 1,200 people participating in MCs. Now we have 9,000. We had only 2,500 people in MCs. Now we have 13,000. We had only one building project. Now we have five. Why? We are following a man a ministry that has done everything that we are achieving now many times over we are like tiny compared to them but we are determined to follow you see if you follow a non-starter you will be a non-starter who you follow you become who you follow you become. In fact, I'm not going to expand my sermon. I'm going to stick here. So that next week we come and finish verse 2 and 3 of 2 Timothy 2. The other thing I told you I was going to tell you, I'll tell it to you next week properly. This week I'm just going to be behaved, well behaved and stick to this following. Come on people. Is there, are there people? Yeah. Or oh, you want to go? Hmm. Follow me and I will make you become. Become. Ah! It is your opportunity to be. Look, God has given us the hack. God has given us the key. Bible says what to you scribes and lawyers for you have what 
taken away the key <laughs> to the kingdom. You see, some the devil can take away the key from you. When you don't have the key, I want you to imagine that you're driving home. Huh? You're driving home. But it's been a long drive. And then somewhere, as you drive home and you're having drinks in your car, you're driving, you're drinking, you're driving, you're drinking. Before you know it, your bladder starts speaking to you. Saying, behold, boss, we need to be emptied. And you're like, no, no, no. You will be emptied at home. So you keep driving. You keep driving, you keep drinking. You keep driving. Then the bladder starts sending emergency messages. Like It's like, boss, you're like, but we are about to arrive. So you increase the speed. But then you run into a traffic jam. Now the bladder, it was doing you finally break through the jam and race for home. Those of you who live in places where there is no tarmac, you're leaving a cloud of brown behind you. People are like, what's going on? They think you are, you are about to, you're going running to pick a COVID patient to dash them to what? To emergency room. Kumba, it's the bladder. <laughs> then you screechingly reach your gate. You jump out. Hey, then you drive in. Ready to dash for the bathroom at home. But you can't find the key. Yeah, and it's not a bushy place. It's like sunset apartments. So even those of you whose character level would allow you to use a bush, even the bush won't work. You have no key. You have the need. You don't have the key. There is nothing as bad as lacking a key. He says, what to you lawyers? For you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves and those who were entering you hindered. There is a key called the key of knowledge. Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So people go through life, make little progress, work so hard, make little money, build small churches that annoy them until they get uh, heart attacks, work, just hustle in life because they lack the key of knowledge that your best and fastest method to reach anywhere you're going is to follow someone else. So the devil deceives you into trying to be an original. Me, I don't follow anyone. I'm an original. Now, if you think you're an original musician, go and create more musical notes than the 12 that exist. 
You see, all of us write music out of 12 notes. Do, di, re, ma, mi, fa, fi, so, si, la, ta, ti, do. Do you repeat? Those are the ones. You can't bend the rules. And yet there is so much beauty that comes out of. That comes out of those 12 notes. Thousands and thousands of songs. You, you, they are trying to innovate. That's why you haven't written music yet. <laughs> yeah. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, you were good, and your mercy endures forever. Jesus, the center of it all. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, the center of it all. Yeah, 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 from beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus, 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 how wonderful your name. You mean so much to me now when I see you as you are. Hey, there's no greater thing for me to do now than to get to know you more. Jesus, how wonderful your name. All within 12 knots. The key of knowledge. The key that has unlocked this church to go from 3,000 people attending to 18,000 and on our way to 50, 100, 2 million is following. It's following. We are doing everything else we are doing now. We are already doing it before. The only change is following. Following. Oh, the beauty of following. I know you would love to say that you have an original revelation, but no. You learnt it from someone. And acknowledge. You see, we are so proud. You see, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The reason, it's as if you're running and there's, you know, in Formula 1, there's, there's what they call a headwind. Headwind. Wind is coming in front of you. So you're running against the wind. You can't set world records running against the wind. And when the wind you're running against is called God. (laughs) 
You're going nowhere. Why? You're so proud to acknowledge that you learned the thing from Christian Subga, from Angela Okulo. Well, you're like, yeah, yeah, the Lord showed me. The Lord showed me. The Lord didn't show you. You read it in a book. Yeah. You see what makes Grace Munyirwa so wise? <laughs> Is the books. He reads. I mean, every business garage people are like, the other day he talked about go to great. And then finally, someone's like, finally he has mentioned a book I know. <laughs> like all, all the books he talks about, like, I've never heard about that one. I've never heard about that one. I've never heard about that one. Yeah, that's why you make bad decisions for your business. You're not following anyone. You know like this thing called zoning in worship harvest? Zones in each location? We learned it from Lighthouse Chapel. Yeah, we went and met the pastor and sat down and had lunch and he shared with us what they do. We just came back and did it. Missional communities. We learned them from Mike Breen. We read his books. I've read almost everything Mike Breen has written. Harvest Institute. We got that from John Maxwell team. Grace and Romack. There is nothing in this church that is original. Yeah. We are just doing a great job of copying and we are moving fast, fast, fast. Look, even if you left this church today, it would keep growing. <laughs> because it's not about you. The other day, a cohort shepherd handed over to their zone location pastor that me, these things that they are teaching about following, I can't do it. I'm, I can't lead a cohort. I don't think I'm planted. Can you imagine a cohort shepherd handing over, quitting a whole cohort of like 70 people? After they quit, when that cohort shepherd quit, that location's attendance was around 700. That location has now gone over a thousand. So even if you quit, even if you quit leading your MC and say, me, these people, I don't want them anymore. I don't want to lead an MC. I love God. Yeah. Even if you quit leading the MC and you, and you go with the devil, it will keep growing. Because we have the key of knowledge to know when and who to follow. Yeah. Give me Hebrews 13, 7. I'll finish with that one. Next week I'll come and continue, but give me Hebrews 13, 13, 7. Follow. Business people follow. Church leaders follow. Children follow. Married, you look, if your marriage is not working, eh, and you go find all the other people whose marriage is not working, and I know some people like that, by the way. I don't know if they still come to this church. They come from a certain zone, a location with a letter starting with a letter of the alphabet. They would just meet to increase the vial, the, the what? The bile. If, if your marriage is not working, and you meet with all the other people whose marriage is not working, to talk ill of your spouses, it doesn't work. 
find people whose marriage is working. Like the Ansubu guys, the Okulos. Yeah? And tie on them. Tell them, we are coming to visit you. We are bringing our own drinks and take away from Javas. We want to see. Hey. Look, failure is a choice. When you have the key of knowledge, failure is a choice. When you have the key of knowledge, failure is a choice. He says, remember those, remember those who rule over you who have spoken the word of God to you. Okay? Whose faith follow. Follow their faith. Considering the outcome of their conduct. In other words, as you follow their faith, be watchful for the outcome of their conduct. Like the way they live, what has come out of it, that's what you are considering. Don't follow people with too many words and nothing. See, that's like the curse of some of the generations. They are just impressed with words. Oh, the man talk to the people. Who talk, talk, talk. They've never built a business that works. They've never built a church. They've never built a church building. They, but you're there. You're double impressed with them. You're just wasting time. The outcome of their conduct. Whose faith follow? If you want to follow my faith, I can show you a few things that have come out of it. Yeah. And tell you, you see that? Faith. You see that? Faith. You see the other person? Faith. You see the other marriage that was healed? Faith. You see the other person that was healed? Faith. You see the other building that was built? Faith. You see the other location that was launched? Faith. I can show you something. Just start praying back there at home. Just start praying. Pastor Angela and Pastor Blesso, come. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. You are God and your mercy endures forever. We bless your name, we bless your name, Jesus. Yeah. We bless your name, we bless your name, we bless your name, Jesus. Come on, pray, 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 pray in the spirit. Thank Jesus. Some of you, God is telling you to reach out to your leaders, to your disciples, to your MC leader, to your cohort shepherd, to your location pastor at whatever level of discipleship you are at, your cluster leader, and just apologize for not being a good follower. That's what you need to do. Don't pretend that you've been a good follower. Acknowledge that you've been a bad follower. There is grace. You see, the purpose of grace... Grace is divine enablement. The purpose of grace is, is for the wind, instead of being a resisting wind, to become a tailwind, a wind that pushes you forward. That is grace. 
That's why it says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In others, you can be weak in the grace that has been given to you. And one of the ways to be strong in grace is to be a man or woman who acknowledges when you're going in the wrong direction and you do something about it. It's called repentance. Saying, I've been wrong about this. I repent about so many things every day. Yeah, I've been wrong about this. This is the right way. I'm going this way. So you need to reach out to your leader. Someone. You need to text them now. Don't say, I'll text them in the afternoon. No, now, 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 now. Send them a message. Tell them, I've been such a problematic follower. Please forgive me. I'm going to follow better. And when you follow others, those who follow you benefit. I've told you that about 14, 14 to 15,000 people have given their lives to Christ in the last one year. All those people have come to the knowledge of Jesus because I decided to follow Bishop Doug. In other words, without my following, those people, most of them would probably still be in darkness. So your followership affects people's destinies. That's why you have to humble yourself. Humble yourself. Thank you, Jesus. Now, some of you who are listening to me, you haven't made the biggest followership decision of all time. Following Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. That's extremely important. That's the primary followership. You see all this other following, if you follow me, if you follow Pastor Blesso, if you follow Pastor Angela, will give you success in this life on earth. But if you don't follow Jesus, you'll forfeit your eternity. You'll forfeit your eternal life. You'll forfeit success that goes on for thousands of years. You'll spend your eternity in the wrong place without the presence of God. This is how someone described hell to me. They said, you know, they, actually they were asking Tim Keller, the pastor of uh, Redeemer Presbyterian. He says, is hell that eternal fire that burns without end? The, first of all, they, 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 they asked him, do you believe in hell? Yes, he said yes. And they said, is it that fire that burns forever and ever, never, 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 never? I said, and he said, ah, I'm not sure. They said, then they asked him why. And he said, it's probably worse. <laughs> it's probably worse. Because this is, this is what, come, come you people, and I, I tell you what Tim, Tim Keller said. He said, now imagine you had an addiction. Huh? Imagine, because I know you people don't have addictions. But let's say imagine you had an addiction. And you have to keep shooting yourself with what? What's that thing called? Heroin or whatever the different ones are. Yeah? But you know that it's actually not your body. It's a sole issue that you're trying to resolve. So imagine that you, you quench your anxieties, it is with drinking, and then you die. Now, the thing is, when you die, you no longer have a body. Oh, gosh. So now there is nowhere to inject the what? The heroin to take away the anxiety. So now you go into eternity like that. If you are used to quenching your things with drinking, then you die. 
but there is nobody to pour in what alcohol and then you move you you enter eternity like that come to jesus come to so if you're there and you've never given your life to jesus who can save you from that and give you imagine imagine the happiest moment of your life imagine when you and emma when you're in that good place eh? when you feel ah, when you're like oh my god marriage is so good yes. yeah mm-hmm. i can imagine it now imagine that you and god it is better than that and then you move into eternity like that because god is a spirit so when you die and you don't have a body that that giddy joyous feeling is forever come to jesus come to jesus come to jesus come to jesus everybody come to jesus this morning come to jesus for he loves you come to jesus today today come to jesus you who's listening to me come to jesus who's watching me come to jesus in that sitting room wherever you are come to jesus today is the day of salvation Jesus so if you've never given your life to Jesus today is your day at the count of three I just want you to put your hand up straight one two three your right hand just just wherever you are in that home in that car in that pub in that restaurant it doesn't matter where you are come to Jesus today 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 someone is hesitating don't hesitate someone is feeling shy about the hand no put the hand up you're just surrendering look it's stuff is not as good as you make it to be move out of that and come into reality so those who are coming to jesus and you put your hand up pray just pray this prayer with me say lord jesus i receive you today as my lord and savior i give my life to you to follow you that you make me become that which I could never be without you a son of God a daughter of God I thank you for saving me today fill me with your Holy Spirit totally fully with the gifts of the Spirit that I will live this new life successfully amen if you prayed that prayer there's a phone number that's on your screen or if you're listening to us on Twitter Spaces and on radio, the number is 0775 Just call or text that number. There is a pastor on the other side of that number. And we are ready and willing to pray with you and to bless you. for listening to this teaching we hope that you've been blessed by the worship harvest sermon series 
For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.